0: to get that deal and let's get on with the show. All right. Episode three in our three-part series that we never intended to be a three-part series on what is going on with relationships, modern day relationships. So we talked about the fundamentals. We talked about this from the guy's perspective. And today, we are talking about it from the ladies' perspective on what they see that the role that things like feminism has played in modern day relationships has it been helpful, has it been hurtful, is a little bit of a mixed bag. We're gonna go through all of that on this episode. As always, I am your host, Nick Freitas, member of the Virginia House of Delegates. But other than that, an okay guy. With me is always my beautiful bride, Tina, Queen of the Bees.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Our political prognosticator and resident historian Christian Hines. Hello. We have Nicholas Hamilton, the good Hamilton, the one that does not like central banking. The good Hamilton, that is correct. And of course, our producer of producers, Sour Patch Lids, Lydia, here to kick it off and educate us all on what women really think about modern relationships.
2: I am so excited for today's episode because I don't know. I if you guys follow me at all, like on social media, but I don't like feminism at all. I don't like the modern condition that has been put on women, and I'm really going to get into it in this conversation. So I hope you guys are ready for this. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be some hard truths. Um, it is hopefully going to fit in right under an hour. We're going to see how that works. I'm going to try to guide it properly. You guys can check us out for sure on our Valley app. We have a whole Making the Argument group over there that's a lot of fun. All right, Nick, let's get going.
0: All right. Well, I think this is, uh, again, the reason why you should tune in and, and listen for the entire 60 minutes is because they're going to tell us what women actually want. Here we go. That's finally, we somebody's
3: <laughs> going to, somebody's <laughs> going to finally explain. This <laughs> is
1: an episode on women. And I just need to clarify that Nick, none of the men at this table are identifying as women in order to have this conversation. <laughs> they are actually staying with their current pronouns. Oh,
3: wait, wait, we, yes. we agree. i, I I, but I got the he memo saying them. that you have <laughs> to identify as. No, I,
0: well, you know, my real question is, what the heck does that word even mean? Right? Yeah. So for Christmas, for Christmas, our audience gets to know what a woman is and what they're thinking and what they want. Merry Christmas to all of you. All right, Lydia, take <laughs> us away.
2: Okay, so the reason I'm so excited about this is because I am going to start with a presupposition that modern women do not actually know what they want. I will make that case throughout this introduction, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the old feminists. Um, Okay, so it's pretty clear by this point that people on the left called victims are often actually oppressors because the left is constantly projecting. Um, I think that everyone projects to some degree because we only view the world through our own eyes. There's almost nothing we can do except project. We just have to try to empathize. That's always challenging. You have to be a little selfless to do that. This is why the left says that everything is about power dynamics. They really think that because it's the only way that they view the world. Now, In the case of feminism, the fact is that women are certainly no longer victims. And I'm going to make a controversial comparison here. Like slavery, modern women are not the persecuted second-rate citizens that they sometimes were over the course of history. That might be a little too spicy for Some people, but hopefully, I can make that case today. I think we know that women were a little bit victimized in the past. They certainly were, and there are definite reasons for that. There are biological imperatives that men had to get out there and fight and to conquer and to win things for their family. And over the course of that happening, women became the support system and they became almost like a bargaining chip for powerful men, for men who weren't doing the right things, for men who had a little bit less character than the other men. And this is all the way through history. This is through the whole of human existence. I feel like people really discount the historical background to this, which is why I appreciate Christian's in. But it's really important to understand the history to this. So testosterone really made men the go-getters. Um, they were motivated by a desire to protect their family and win things for those families. And this put them at the natural head of the family, family unit and leaders of tribes and stuff like that. Kings, leaders, stuff like that. Uh, women performed the equally meaningful and often just as dangerous work of childbearing and maintaining the homes so kids could grow. The historical injustice drove feminists to view the traditional roles of men and women as the real cause of oppression they... Uh, it's a real cause of the oppression, they explain. And there certainly was a kernel of truth to their observation. But right from the start, iconic feminist Simone de Beauvoir, Beauvoir, I'm not sure how to pronounce that—is it is French, this lady knew that women could not be given the option to stay home because too many of them would choose that. So her direct quote is, no woman should be authorized to stay home to raise her children. Women should not have that choice because if there is such a choice, too many
0: women will make that one.
3: Whoa. Very, yeah. Oh it's incredibly gosh.
2: telling, right? I mean, yeah, she, very she's, telling that if she's actually advocating do, for
0: like legal prohibition for women into, to be able to do this. Yeah. By
3: the way, that gets into yeah. one. Remember the, the sit-down interview that Jordan Peterson had with Kathy Newman and she kept asking him about yeah. all these disparities and he pointed out, there are, disparities are existing not because of power structures. They're existing because of the inherent differences and in preferences of men and women. And if you let them be free to choose their own choice, to make their own yeah. choices, they're going to go into fields that, that they want to go into. You can only fix these gender gaps if you use a lot of tyranny yeah. in order to do so, but then you're just going to make everybody miserable in the process. Sorry, wow. I didn't mean to completely derail. No, I'm actually no, captivated that's... with so, what no, you're saying
1: true, here, Lydia. Yeah. Thus true, is yeah. born the uh, attack or the war on motherhood. Mm. So go ahead
2: for sure. Yeah. So they weren't wrong that women would want to stay home if they were given that option. Since feminism became culturally accepted, women have consistently been less and less happy with their roles in life. They're less happy overall, which is very interesting statistically, too. And who could blame them? Honestly, instead of working along with their biological imperatives to do things like raise families, have children, be wives and mothers, feminism just gave them more work to do. It dumped them into the workforce, which was a factor, not all the factors, but it was one of the factors that led to stagnating wages because they jumped in right in right about the 70s when the gold standard went away, too, which was a deadly combination you can look at the charts and the the wages are not in a good place this forced women who wanted to be both working and at home to wear both hats as their children suffered in their absence so feminism has a whole list of achievements none of them are good it liberated female sexuality it reduces societal value of wives and mothers in the home it reduced the value of marriage to women and also to men interestingly enough It increased the ability of low-quality men to get their basest biological urges met. Yeah. And abortion and birth control and the desire for women to be men in their sexual encounters. So that is the twisting of the female sexuality. Um, Men and women are different, it turns out. And one of the ways they're different is their view of sexuality, which I think is something that almost nobody talks about anymore. Women take sex very seriously. They might try to say that they don't. Um, The theme that I'm going to be following through today with today's episode is that feminism. It's so interesting what happens with feminism and what's happening with men. Because in the earlier episode we did about men's issues, we were talking about how men are being feminized. What happens with feminism is that they're trying to turn women into second-rate men. They're taking everything strong and good about women and turning it into, oh, well, you could be a dude if you did that. This isn't this, this. You can compete with men. You can be just as good as the boys. And I'm like, I you can't. You really can't. What you have is something different. It's special. It makes you good and can, important to society. Can I ask you a
0: question about that? Cause, yeah. Because this is something I, I I find interesting. Um, so feminism, ostensibly, is is all about at least this is what they say. It's all about lifting up women and demonstrating that they are are just as valuable, just as on par, all of it. But the way they seek to do it is by essentially creating a male standard and then telling women that, you know, you can achieve them. But at the same time of, of, of elevating the male standard as the defining characteristic of what success or power looks like, they by necessity denigrate the female standards.
1: Right. Right. Like, right. The one unique that's incredible thing. To me. The unique thing that we as yeah. women can do is uh now unless we have a medical issue, and I'm not I'm not yeah. saying you're less of a woman if you have a medical problem, but the one thing that women mostly can do that men cannot is to grow a human life inside of them. And they are trying to make it seem like that is unimportant. It's the last thing you should be thinking about put your career first, put number one first. And the, this idea that you can kill off your unborn and not be mentally hurt by it. Like, oh, right. you, you just eliminate those ones and you just have them when you're ready to have them. And, uh, and oh, there won't be any any psychological damage done by that. Are you kidding me? Having, having had um, a miscarriage in the past, your body goes through a lot and you, you're a mother. And even if you never got to hold your baby, that is true of women who have experienced abortion too. They are a mother and they never got to hold their baby and they were lied to. And so this idea that we're going to take what's unique and what's amazing and miraculous about women, and we're going to ignore that and, and basically make that, the bad guy that's evil we don't we don't want to be held to having babies anymore we want to do what men do well go figure that it wasn't as fulfilling as they made it out to be
2: right for sure well it's great that you brought up the lies that women have been told because that's actually my next point and i didn't even put only fans into my outline because i didn't really think about it But I did bring up one of the lies that I think it falls under. So there are three of the most major lies that they've been told. And you guys are more than welcome to chip in because I think all of this stuff overlaps with what guys go through too. Um, And I will start with the first one. And that is that career, not character, career can replace family. So men are happier than women are at work. Women are happy working from home And women who cut back on work are happier. These are all disparate articles that I read as I was researching this. They say overall women who stay home are less happy. I'm not convinced. There are many, many different factors that go into whether someone is happy. But what they have found is that men are happy in the workplace. Women are happier doing less for a boss and more for their family. And this is something that I don't think feminism has really come to terms with. I don't think anyone has held it to account. Speaking of Jordan Peterson, this is something that he mentions because he says that men can't really hold women accountable. Women need to hold their sisters uh. accountable. And I'm so glad that Tina and I are on the same page on this. Cause I think that's true.
1: Yeah. I, I think that, uh, you, you touched on a point there with women who stay home being less happy. Um, I will I will certainly say that there is a there is this adversarial relationship between women who have been more career focused and then had children and then women who they wanted their career to be the raising and nurturing of their children and both women think the other women are judging them um and think mm-hmm. that they aren't bringing value and sometimes if a woman so the staying home side has been so attacked for the past 40 years um, that women can feel like what they do in the home is insignificant and doesn't bring value and one way to make somebody feel unhappy or like worthless is if they are never recognized for the value they bring but in order to in order to prop up this feminist ideal, we can't, they can't recognize women staying home. That would be the antithesis to pushing women into the workforce. So now women at home are feeling like less of a woman because they're doing what they're made to do. Um, and, and that's not to say that, that, you know, women working outside the home are, like I'm, I'm getting into that weird paradox where you're like, uh
3: super generalization. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: but the thing yeah. is, is that, um, um, there is this stigma where it's like women who stay home sit and eat bonbons all can day and out? don't do anything, <laughs> and then this right. other there's another stigma where it's like women who work outside the home ignore their kids and don't love them, and neither of those are true. And we need to have an open right. conversation about it.
3: Can I can I add that from my point of view as a guy? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Lydia, if you or teen, um, Tina would agree with this, but from my point of view, I feel like that most of the attacks on homemakers or the traditional female role of being that mother have come from other women. Yes. Not absolutely.
1: Of course. 100%. I
3: I feel like that women, like we, we talk like, like like in our previous episode, we talked a, a little bit about, you know, like men and, and you know, the, the rise of like the lonely male and, and, and some of the problems that are involved with men. But I feel like that, that, on the female side, the problems are different, but there's some similarities there. And I feel like that, that the ones that have done the most damage to women, socially speaking, with you know, the, this whole breakdown of the family structure, have been coming from other women. More so than yeah. from other men. I feel like that women are brutal to each they other, are. to be completely honest. I, I feel That's like that correct. women yep. are more <laughs> vicious and brutal to each
0: other than I think men are to men
1: sometimes. Absolutely. the
0: well I, I
3: feel like I agree it's,
1: with that.
0: I feel like it's from what I yeah, from I the bit I've observed, I feel like it's more cutting. Um, and, and Peterson actually talks about that is about how aggression manifests itself differently in, in men versus women. With men, it tends to be more yeah. physical. With women, it, it tends to be more with words. emotional. I mean, it tends to be more with words, verbal, et cetera. But um, I remember when Tina and I were talking about, you know, we've homeschooled our kids. And for a while, we put them back in a public school, like in elementary. And then we pulled them out again, like after a year, year and a half. And, but one of the things that we had both talked about is we will definitely not have our, cause we we had talked about, will they be in for this long? Will they be in for that long? Will they go back for high school? What are we going to do? Both of us agreed that no matter what we decided, they would, we would never let our girls be in public school during junior high.
1: Junior high is a freaking battlefield. Yeah. And I don't care if you're the most popular kid in the world. Junior high sucks. Like every, <laughs> every yeah. mean Bad situation where you feel horrible about yourself. Every single one of them stems from junior high. So
0: why do you think? Yes. Wh- here's my question. <laughs> you know, men can be hard on each other, and men can be very competitive with one another. But um, th- the other thing that th- there's this there's this dynamic that you see among men that I I don't think exists to the same degree in women. But maybe I'm wrong. Two men that don't like each other or or but watch them get in a fight, like an actual physical altercation. And you'll be surprised at how they walk away from that. And it's like, Hey man,
1: like then yep. they respect each other.
0: Yeah. There, there's a certain degree of yeah. respect. There's a certain degree of like, oh, we may not be best buddies or we might be, but it, it's going to be like, we're, we're cool. Um, you see two women that are better toward one another, get in a fight. It does not get better after the fight.
2: It no. never ends.
0: <laughs> and, no. and so why, why yeah, is there, why do you guys think that there is this enormous pressure put on other women by women, especially kind of on these, these feminist categories.
2: What do you think, Tina? Uh. I personally think this is just how women compete. Uh. Yeah. Like it's uh, different than men.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the weapons that women have are, you know, you've got your wit and you've got your words, and women can women can slice you and dice you with their words. I mean, um and and it affects other women the most probably because I mean for instance, women when we put ourselves together to go somewhere. I mean, I don't know about Lydia, but it's I I think I care more about other women thinking that I look okay than than a guy thinking I look okay because women are much more judgy, you know, and uh, yeah, and
0: uh, well, let let me ask you this question, Uh, because as we go through this and as as Lydia reads all this off, it's like, okay, we've, we've been doing this first wave feminism was more of like a feminism. I think all of us understand that is we want equal treatment before the law. Yeah, We don't want to be denied opportunities. We want to be able to own property. We We want to vote. These were all stuff. It was basically like, (laughs) I would like to be treated like a human being, please. and 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 like, I look at all that. I'm like, absolutely that makes perfect sense to me and then as you start to go into like second third and especially like fourth wave's feminism where now it 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 feels much more anti-man and but at the same time they're anti-man they're they're holding up masculine components within society as as the goal for women and then what we do is we look at this and let's let's just say the the you started to see these different waves of feminism really start to to get rise in prominence during like the sixties and and beyond. Right. So this didn't happen yesterday. We've had decades of evidence now demonstrating that this grand social experiment has been the hardest on women. Yes. So here's my question. Why is the, and and I realize you guys have made the connection. Why do you think so many other women are being raised up to believe things that most women that experienced this through the, you know, eighties, nineties are now rejecting it. Why is it that there's this continuation? Why does there seem to be this inertia of, Hey, we're not happy about this, but screw it. We're doing it anyway.
1: I think, I think you should follow the money. I think there is a lot of money to be made in being a grifter on the, On these social movements, I mean, you can look Mm -hmm. at every single social movement; they never resolve the problem. I wonder why that is. They make a lot of money. Probably because there's money to be (laughs) made, and there's a billion-dollar abortion industry that is like, "Yes, you're doing our work for us," and so they're going to continue to help fund this kind of thinking. And you know, I, I think that I think the more you tell a woman that what her body is meant to do and what what she is is um, specifically capable of doing has no value and is of no worth, then the
0: opposite, like a a positive impediment to you achieving true, you know, self-actualization.
1: It's a, it's a form of bondage. Yeah. And, and so we're throwing off those shackles and, and whatever. And, and so more and more you get down to, it's your biology that you're meant to hate. And I feel like, the the further down the road we get with feminism it at first it was a war on motherhood and then it was a war on femininity itself like being right. feminine and then um a, a, and virtue even and then there was like right. this war on um uh it, it, it's now it's like converted into a war on actual biological women and now it's like yep. you're a bigot if you don't think turf. that this dude with a penis is a woman and I I personally am completely offended by the idea that feminism is now targeting women and welcoming the patriarchy into it. <laughs> I just it's like it's come full circle now. But that that's
2: I know I started with a sorry, I know I started with a spicy take, but I have another one here that you guys are going to love. I'm just kidding. You're not going to love it at all. So, I'm sure you guys are all familiar with the concept of blackface. It's a terrible, terrible idea, something from a historical bygone era that we do not do anymore. What we're seeing now is men who put on a garish, stylized version of femininity and they just act like we're supposed to accept it like it's normal. They are seriously attempting to normalize this. I have such a hard time seeing this as anything other than a new, different, weird, gross form of that kind of disguise that makes you look like something that you're not to mock the original person. It's true. That is what this kind of stuff looks like. And that's, what, that's why it's such an issue that it's getting right down to the biology. And we're saying, well, your biology is bad. And not only that, your biology isn't even yours. It's whoever wants it. And feminism right now is a movement without an actual enemy. First wave feminism, where they were trying to establish that women were human beings, women deserve equal rights, women deserve the chance to do whatever anybody else can do fully fair 100% but like a charity that reaches its 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 it reaches its actual goal it doesn't just go away they keep looking for the next enemy to fight because like you said Tina there is a lot of money to be made on this and in and, and in the way that they're making money on it makes me really think of these child gender transition issues too because they are also making a lot of money with that that tells me that this is going to continue to be a problem for us as long as people are able to monetize it. So I think the more we understand about human nature, the easier it is to see how this is going to go. Unfortunately, it's not cheerful.
3: I'm making an observation between the last episode we did on men and this episode. It seems like the attacks on men are much more private and not as... Hmm out there, but the attacks on women are very public. Um, you it's know, well, such it an interesting... I, I get exactly what you mean by that. Yeah, that is that. good.
0: It's good, I don't. Go ahead and explain.
3: <laughs> well, do you want to explain it? Because you're the one that brought it up, Well, when, when we're talking about the attacks on men, it's removing the purpose that men have in life. It's telling them that they should feel bad for have, like, taking the leadership role. They should feel like they aren't the only provider of the family. That responsibility doesn't land on them at the end of the day. It should be shared. But when it comes to attacking womanhood, we have you know all these transgenders dressing up as women. yeah and we have womanhood being
0: attacked there's, there's nobody going around right now the best read, way to, read it. there's nobody going around right now really for the most part we we don't have a documentary called what is a man yeah <laughs> right.
3: Right. It, we did exactly. have in a podcast episode on that though yeah we did but the it's, best it's, way it's, that i can describe it <laughs> yeah. is that the crisis that men are currently facing especially young men is a private crisis with yeah. the whole rise of the lonely male that we brought up in the last episode okay. the increase in the number of men that don't find any sort of romantic partner that can become a wife. Um, the number of men that are falling out of the workforce that we talked about too, in the previous episode, those are all like quiet the, the, things. The perversion of manliness. Is being it is more private. The, the crisis that men are facing is a private one, where it's like the things that make men men, the things that give them purpose and meaning to this world, seem like they're slipping away from them, and they're kind of retreating into themselves, and they're becoming recluses. Because okay. well, of I, it. I think but that but you guys women, have been
1: told over and over again that you're not allowed to express this, or else. Well, so. oh, but oh, yeah, no, yeah, I, but I, I know but the reason why, but but yeah.
3: but for 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 women, the crisis for women seems to be. Completely the opposite for men, in the sense that it's way more public. This is why, like, like J.K. Rowling, yeah, left-wing person politically, yeah. has donated millions of dollars pounds to the British Labour Party. She, she's, yeah.
1: you know, left, la-
3: left, labor, right, yeah, progressive, and, yeah. and fairly progressive person, feminist too, mm-hmm. traditional, old school feminist. She is probably more hated by the left. Yeah. Than the conservative prime minister in the UK right now. Yeah.
1: Oh if yeah. If you were to go, well, that's because they consider average, her a traitor.
3: If you were to go to an average, especially somebody on the left, many of them who are women in the UK, and you say, "Who do you hate more, Rishi Sunak or J.K. Rowling?" They'd say J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing yeah. to bet anything that 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 wow. she gets more hate, and she's on the left, and she's a woman. And the reason why? Look at the stuff that she has to say about the direction that feminism has gone. Look at the stuff that she says about women in general and what's it's, been it's happening to
1: them. It's because whole, the whole generation has been bullied into not questioning this movement. And so if the movement collectively has decided X, you are not allowed to go against X or else you are a yes. traitor and you are to be treated as such. And they will, they will publicly, you know, execute your public persona, basically. You're canceled. 100%. Yep,
2: yep. And I think that 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 element of collectivism, which is really what we're seeing right now, and I will get into a little bit the feminine influence on uh, politics, but that's a little bit of an aside. Women are incredibly agreeable, right? This we understand. They really work to get along. They thrive on relationships. This is why they focus more on people than they do on things. Um, This is why they go into nursing instead of something higher paying like anesthesiology or engineering. Right. So when they all team up against someone, if you hold a contrary view, I cannot even count how many times I've been told I have insane levels of internalized misogyny. I don't. I actually really want what's best for women. And I don't think feminine gives it that. But because it's such like a team sport for them, there's a tendency to turn on anyone who disagrees like JK Rowling. She's just so high profile, which is why she gets a lot of these attacks, just for like promoting the idea that women are women, men can't be women, there's something special about women. I don't think that J.K. Rowling hates anyone. I think that she understands and recognizes that women are important, they're different, and she really thinks along the kind of similar lines to a first or second wave feminist, um, which is something that I mean, would not have been considered crazy even well, probably I mean, twenty or thirty.
1: Years she ago. is wildly pro-abortion. And so you've got right. You've She's definitely, definitely got posture. that that to me, I look at that and go, that birthed the rest of this. So when somebody gets canceled for basically a ball they set into motion and they started this thing off and they kicked it along. They Mm -hmm. just didn't see second and third order effects. Well, I'm sorry you were so short sighted, but now you get to lay in the bed you made. And that that's kind of how I feel about that. It's like, well, you created this because what you did at the very beginning is you told women it was okay to execute your babies and that being a mother is shackles and chains and it has no value and nurturing a family and doing those things doesn't make you you know, worth anything. You're, you're, you're squandering what you could be doing out in the workforce. And so you can't sit here and, and attack everything feminine, everything that makes us unique and then be shocked and amazed when a man comes in and is like, well, you know, I can totally be a woman with a penis. What are you talking about? You're going to let something as insignificant as my penis dictate whether or not I'm a man or a woman. How absurd yeah. is this? Like, but you created yeah. this. Like, J.K. Rowling, she created this, you know? And I'm glad she's standing up now. But, like, she made this monster.
0: Tina's taking no prisoners today. <laughs> it's this true. Is, I can't it's tell right. you how many times I will show up to a place to speak, and and a, a woman will come up to me and say, will you please tell Queen of the Bees that we love it when she says it like it is?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I I do think that a lot of this uh, trans woman stuff, you mentioned that being a caricature of women and how they kind of put on woman face and they can put on the costume of womanhood and go about, you know, pretending to be a woman. And and it reminds me of the video that that one dude, that uh, the guy that the trans person who went to the White House, I can't remember the name but did this whole like day five of being a woman. I went and I spent way too much money at target. And then I had an emotional (sighs) breakdown and you're looking at this going. So that's what you think women are. I will tell you right now, there is a transgender person in the house of delegates and a friend of mine also uh, works in the vicinity there. And this transgender person in the house of delegates regularly cries all the time about bills making it through or whatever, constantly crying. And my friend's like, you know what? As a woman, I'm so offended because we have been told over and over and over (laughs) again that we better keep that crap locked down and we better not let anybody see us shed a tear because that's weak. But now a man puts on a dress and he gets to cry all over the place because a bill didn't pass? Give me a break. And so that's kind of how I feel about that. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, my
2: I love gosh. I, I love it. <laughs> I, think, I think that the reason that Tina and I are able to kind of push back on this, and I'd be willing to bet this is part of the reason J.K. Rowling does, too, is that we have slightly higher levels of disagreeability that make us unafraid of countering these ideas. This is another I thing I that Peterson brings up.
0: Positive. Well, can, can yeah. I say, I, yeah. also, I also think there's this, there's this component of, you know, like what we used to call Mama Bear. Right. It, it, it was the whole idea of like, yes, I, I value the relationships and I want to do that. And, and part of like that, like playing that role of kind of like peacemaker and stuff like that within relationships is important until something you love and value is now being challenged and you have to step up in order to like defend it. And yep. and, and again, it's it's one of those things where the argument was never that women can't be aggressive or even physical or fight for what they want. It, it's just different categories of when that manifests itself and how it manifests itself looks different. But again, every bit is important. And and this is, this is the the biggest thing that I find confusing about modern feminism is that it seeks, is that it appears to destroy all the things that were uniquely feminine and elevate all the things that are elevate things that are uniquely masculine and then say, no, 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 they're not masculine. They're feminine now too. But We all know it's crap, right? Like if for 5,000 years of human (laughs) history, these were considered masculine traits and these were considered feminine traits and now feminism is to take masculine traits, say they're not masculine and make them feminine while at the same time diminishing feminine traits. I'm sorry, I noticed and I think that's garbage.
1: Well, I think we are seeing now um, a situation where like the result of a lot of this feminist stuff, um, while Originally, it had a good purpose, and it and I would say it was necessary because we we needed the right to vote, we needed the right to be viewed as not just second class citizens. We want to own property, and we want to be able to make business decisions. Yeah. And um, so, I think that that there was a good intention in the beginning, and and it got derailed. And I feel like we are at a position now where the sexes are sort of at each other's throats and now it's a competition and you're my competition now. And I feel like that is really starting to wreck relationships. It's wrecking marriages because now you got men and women competing with each other over the same stuff instead of settling into what it is that they particularly are specialized in. And so like for instance, in marriage I look at Nick and you know, we are a team. We aren't we're playing on a on a field, right? It's like a game on a field. We are not on opposite sides. We are a team against everybody else. And um everybody else that would would try to score points on us, basically. Is and I, I feel like the The newer feminine movement is is wanting to rip that apart, and it's like no, you can't be a team you can't each have your role to play or your specialization that that you lean into no, you have to compete against each other, and right. I think that that has i mean the ramifications of that i don't think we have even recognized fully yet
0: so we we've essentially they've termed what should be. Beneficial symbiosis into toxic competition.
1: Right, right. It's,
2: isn't so that, that interesting? That's the, that sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? That the the the. It seems like the end point of all of this is to make us just despise each other, not get right. married, create zero nuclear families, and depend on the government to help us pay for it instead of a husband or a teamwork relationship. I I find that just so interesting. I said a while back, I
0: I found it, I find it fascinating that a company is now considered pro-woman and woke if they ship you to go get an abortion instead of paying the 12, (laughs) 12 weeks paternity leave. And and that, and so that was your first point. It's like the, the first lie was career can replace family. What, like, what's the second lie?
2: Oh boy. The second lie is that men are unnecessary. (laughs) And I feel like, like we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but the fact of the matter is that women are incredibly lonely. One in five women use antidepressants, and a lot of them wow. are heavily addicted to alcohol. I know there's this whole culture about women drinking wine that I find to be particularly, um, kind of deceptive because it's one thing to enjoy wine, I think wine is fine if you like wine, awesome, good for you. But if you're relying on it to help you stave off the feelings that maybe you should have done something different with your life, you have a serious problem. And I think that women who find themselves in that situation, if they have the wherewithal to like get out there and speak to this, they should really be pushing back against the things that happened in their lives that put them in the situation where they're on antidepressants and they're drinking a lot of wine every night. Um, there is that stereotype of the cat lady, which I won't engage with because <laughs> I love cats. I have. I board. would totally He's be the
1: cat awesome. lady if um, something happened well, in okay, it. Okay, wait. I can <laughs> yeah. I ask? Can I ask a
0: question? <laughs> on this sure. because when, when we when a, when a dude hears a woman say like a, like a feminist thing that the lie is that men are unnecessary. I
1: don't need a man. Well, okay. Yeah. Actually, no,
2: yeah.
0: no, because like a lot of what. You know, when Jordan Peterson talks about this and whatnot, and like when you see these funny little things like this episode with Cher, like, are men necessary? And she's like, well, for, for what? what? And then it yeah. goes into for everything. But when you see a man <laughs> respond to that, it's like, oh, really? We are, we're the bricklayers. We're the engineers. We fight the wars. We're the cops. You know, predominantly. Not obviously women right. can do this. So, but what you're talking about here, this is what struck me about this. What you're talking about here is relationship. You're not just saying that men are necessary to society. You're saying that men are necessary for women.
1: Yes, we were made for each other. Okay, it's the thing is, is that there are deficiencies in me that Nick fulfills. And there are deficiencies in Nick that I fulfill. And I'm not talking about our overarching deficiency in that we all need the Lord. But I'm talking about relationship wise. He helps me see certain things clearer. He, I mean, right. Our back and forth sharpens each other. He he mm-hmm. does multiple speeches and things like that, videos and everything else. You know who he talks to first about all of that? Me. I get to do the tweaking. I get to help him be as, as good as he can possibly be. And he does the same thing for me. And I feel like... If if you're in a good healthy relationship, it is so incredibly fulfilling. But these women have been told, you don't need a man. You don't need a man. And so when they subconsciously realize that they actually do, there is a massive weight of failure on their shoulders because they realize that there must be something wrong with me because I feel like I do need a man. And so now well, they incredibly- feel, yeah, they feel like they need to
0: so they've been conditioned Deal to believe there's them. something wrong with them if they do feel like they need
1: They feel deficient. They feel like, well, right. what's wrong with me that I feel like I actually do need someone, you know? And then right. they were telling them to kick off having kids down the road, down the road, down the road. And some of the result of this is they wait so long that now you have infertility problems have skyrocketed. And a lot of this is linked to later starting families later, because ultimately women still want to have their babies. We still want to be moms. And then at some point though, it's a little late biologically. And so now you've got to jump through Hoops to try to have these children that you so desperately want and almost missed, you know. And I feel like we've just done such a disservice to women. And yes, we need men, and and some of what we need from men is sperm (laughs) in order to create more babies. Sorry, we're never going to get away from that. But it's true, you know. It's true. But I'm having help, honey. (laughs) But beyond that, I think on a relationship level, I mean, there is just. There is such an intense uh, feeling of gratification in a healthy relationship. And I, I f- it just kind of breaks my heart that more people don't get to experience that.
0: Well, and I, I can't imagine a scenario, too. And and I, I don't know. Maybe there is one. Maybe I'm just not thinking of it off the top of my head. But the whole idea, of like, if men were running around like, you don't need a woman. Like, that's just that's I don't think that's really a thing for us. No, <laughs> um, but it is.
1: No. But it is. I mean, we haven't talked about some of the ways that men replace women and we didn't do that in the last, but there are, and men ruin themselves for women too. Like the, the porn industry makes men have, I mean, like there is such a strong connection, connection with ED and not being able to satisfy your spouse because you have oversensitized yourself and used porn in order to gratify that. And again, there are things in society that have been destructive to the family unit and there are destructive to individuals and men may be more susceptible to destruction in that way. Women are susceptible to destruction in other ways. No,
0: I guess, I guess what I'm saying about No. So first of all, I t- totally agree. I, I think the, the- porn industry is horrible for a number of reasons. One, because of all the human trafficking that takes place within it, but two,
1: what it does to your brain.
0: Because of what it does to your brain, the diminishing components of it with respect to, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, et cetera. I guess what I'm saying is is that even if even if a man attempts to, if a man attempts to replace having an actual relationship with a woman with that, he's not going to go around bragging about it. You see no, what I'm saying? Quiet. Like, that, yeah. It's again, it's the whole <laughs> private component, right? Where it's like other men will see that guy as a deficient man for replacing, but it's the opposite for women. If if a woman is at least publicly saying, oh, I don't need a man because of X, Y, and Z, she's praised for it. A man will still be ridiculed yes, by yes, other men absolutely.
2: for it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, and and Isn't it's it interesting.
0: Go ahead.
3: Isn't it Lydia. interesting
2: how there is still that strong cultural component to guys like hierarchies? You will be mocked mercilessly and treated like some kind of neck beard if you talk about having.
3: Oh, no, I feel personally addiction. offended here. <laughs> I actually just <laughs> shaved sorry. recently. I don't know if I got.
1: Can you repeat that? I'm sorry, Lydia. I didn't hear yeah. the final portion. So.
2: Well, I was saying, I think that part of the reason that there is such a strong element of privacy to men's battles is because there is a cultural component against just coming out and saying it. Whereas women who are more relationship oriented, more agreeable, are more likely to explain exactly what they're doing in the hopes of receiving some kind of affirmation for it. And I think that's just, I think even that is down to the difference in the biological features of men and women.
3: You know, We've been talking a lot about differences between men and women, including myself when I brought up the whole, oh, the crisis of masculinity is a private crisis where men are like falling apart at the seams here. They're dropping out of the workforce and they're, you know, becoming lonely. And then women, it's a very public crisis. But there's actually some similarities, too, between them as well. Um, So, for example, Lydia brought up that like a lot of women are turning to drugs and alcohol, in order to deal with this. Well, a lot of men are too. The difference is, is that I think men are turning to drugs and alcohol in a private setting. Whereas right. I, I find that women, you know, drinking socially to deal with problems is, you know what's funny? It used to be that men drink socially to deal with problems yeah, the and then temperance it would lead movement. to problems themselves, yeah. right? Men would, would go yeah. out to the bar, they would get completely drunk and then they would come home and they would abuse their family. Yes, uh, And and that was one of the things that led to prohibition, right. which is a that's terrible right. policy yeah. and none of us would <laughs> ever support it, but that's one of the, right, the reasons reason it. that it led to it, right? Yeah. I feel like that a lot of men, I don't even, I I when I go out drinking, I see, a lot of women, actually, out there, it it you know, like bars and stuff like that, more than men. I feel like that a lot of men will stay at home and drink and play video games or watch TV or something like that. Whereas women, I feel like that when they're resorting to things like alcohol or drugs, it's a social thing. It's a social, they're social. thing.
2: They're social. Well, that makes, so well that's, and that's, b- but they're still
3: it, resorting to these things. Like like uh, to, Lydia, to Lydia's point though, that uh, like skyrocketing rates of depression. By the way. The reason that suicides are higher with men than women I think is in part because women are at least trying to do something to deal with that depression, right? They're taking pills or whatever. And men, I feel like, don't try to seek help with that, and they end up just going through with the act. Although I will say this, too. More women actually attempt suicide than men, but more men succeed because they usually resort to much more gruesome. Use a firearm. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. But but the whole mental health crisis thing is – affecting women just as much as men just in different it's manifesting in different
0: forms well the, the one thing yeah so and well that kind of so there's th- those are the first two lies so the first lie you mentioned was career can replace family the second one was men are unnecessary and again what I thought was interesting is a lot of times when I hear men are unnecessary now it's like well of course we are look at the labor fields that we do and you guys actually hit it from an angle that I kind of wasn't expecting it's like no men are not just necessary to make certain aspects of society function men are necessary so for family. healthy relationships with women yes, and, right. and I think sometimes it gets so what's the th- third lie what's the third big lie
1: that sex so can this be is a really yeah. interesting
2: one Yeah, sex can be casual uh. and this is something that i still don't believe that women have come to terms with because you see them try this again and again but they're starting to notice it's incredibly unfulfilling mm. they get ditched and they enable men to do this to them um, and i don't think that you can take an issue with men if you're letting them do it you know what I mean? If you're enabling this behavior, 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 then you don't get to complain about this happening to you. Like genuinely, I am empathetic because I do think these women have been lied to, but at the same time, they're furthering it and it's making them incredibly unhappy. This is just part of why they're depressed. Right. There's, there are a Um, few
1: aspects of that though, that are, that should be brought up. One of them is, uh, the idea of, um, so if, if a woman is, has drank too much and she has sex with a man, it doesn't matter whether he drank too much too or not. That's yeah. considered rape now yeah. because, um, because so many situations where regret set in and, uh, it's like, Oh, I'm just gonna, I really didn't want to do that. And, but I did. And so now that, that regret has become a form of rape, and the fact that a woman drinking too much in the club scene or whatever, um, going out and having sex with men, um, that man now has raped a woman because she has drank. But the same consideration isn't made for men who have drank too much. So if a woman is sober and the man is drunk, did she rape him? And we don't get to ask these questions, right? Well, why is that? And and ultimately it's because women still place a great deal of value on sex. It is still a way to connect and it's a way to get physical affection and gratification, uh, for your self esteem. And so a lot of times what a woman is looking for isn't, isn't necessarily that physical, uh, gratification. It is actually the affirmation of, that that she has some kind of value,
0: the closeness, the connection,
1: a lot of times. I mean, and women try and try and try to get to the point where they can just be like compartmentalize and go, I don't even care. I can just, and, but typically in situations, I'm going to talk about something that might make some of the guys uncomfortable, but usually when a woman can disconnect herself from her lower half, Mm -hmm. it's usually because she has experienced some kind of a trauma. Um, And so if you can't just compartmentalize that and just let it go unless some kind of trauma has happened. And that really like long, long term feminism also um, exposed the fact that a lot of women have experienced um, rape or molestation as children or as young teens. Well, those experiences inform a lot of the way we view sex after that. And and you kind of have to deal with that. And so a lot of times when a woman has major promiscuity issues and she's not sure why she goes and she just sleeps with like almost like urgently needs to sleep with a lot of different people. But a lot of times that is that is placed back on trauma. So this idea that you can just compartmentalize and you can just go and use your body to do whatever you want with it. And, and that it won't affect you mentally. That's a lie. That's a lie that women have been told. And if you are able to do that, chances are there's trauma involved there and you should, you need to deal with that. You need to go seek help for it.
0: Well, the other thing too, I'll say about this is that, um, this is, I, I think this one, even more than the other two, um, is something that has been kind of pushed because casual sex is something that was on some level, um, considered socially acceptable for men. Right. And so what was it? It was a masculine trait. Well, the way we're going to liberate women from these you know, social constructs is to let them to do the thing the men are doing. What men need to understand about this. And I think what I would, I would hope women understand too, is that the whole concept of sex being casual for men is brokenness. Yeah, that, that is a that's brokenness. a broken thing too. That is a broken thing in men too, and 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 we try to justify it all day long because there's certain there's certain components. Where we're like, well, men are more visual. That may be true. It does not mean that the act of sex is therefore casual because you have more of an appetite for it, or because historically that's been the case. It it does not. That does not make the the actual act any less sacred. Right. In the sense that it's supposed to be. So this is one where a man having a career, noble thing, right? Um, women wanting to have a career, that could be a noble thing. I, I understand the connection there. This is one where we deliberately took something that was broken in men mm-hmm. and turned it into a positive attribute. Like a woman having a career, I can see the connection. We're like, that's that's a noble thing. Why, wouldn't, why couldn't a woman do this? This was something where they took something broken and held it up now as the new standard. And it's like, no, what was necessary. What's that quote from you where you brought up,
3: you know, starting, I think, in the progressive era, about 100 years ago. This goes back to the prohibition thing. Women were seeing all of these flaws within men and were justifiably upset Mm -hmm. by a lot of them. And the response from men was rather than fix the problems that men were having. And those problems are different than some of the problems that they had now. But rather than fix those problems, men instead sold women this bill of goods of, well, then we'll let you just become like us.
0: Yeah. Well, which, which is amazing because what it ended up doing was appealing to the most, le- we, we allowed the most lecherous men within society to set the standard yeah. for what sex should be for females. That's what they wanted. They they didn't yep. want, because they didn't care about you. The Chads you. wanted. Yeah. They, well, they didn't, they didn't care about, they didn't care about the, the period they could because they had no, they had no intention of actually making good on their responsibility to be husbands and fathers. They wanted to be, they, they wanted to be,
1: it, it basically their answer to women was appease the predators. Yeah. That's it. Right. It's and like you, you've like been, prey- into it. you've been preyed upon for so long. Uh, now you need to just, you need to just like it cause well, you're never going to get that to go away. So you just need to like it.
0: Yeah. It's and sick.
1: it is sick because anyway, I, I don't, uh, yeah, that, that can get.
0: Well, I, and, well, and I I think what's, what's happened now too is you and you, I mean, again, with the, like you brought up only fans earlier, um, one of the things that's done is it's, it's like a, a lot of, I, I, there's, there's a lot of women I think that look at social media as a way that they can get, um, approval. They can get that dopamine hit right in the head with, yep. and, and they can now get paid quite a bit, um, from being, um, desired because of their physical attributes completely separate from any sort of intellectual or emotional connection whatsoever. <laughs> and, and, right. and what I, what I find, Again, what I th- I find so perverse about that overall is that they're they're enticing women to do this, and there's this idea that no no no, it's okay you can do this. Maybe you're doing this through the college years, or you're doing this through this aspect of life, or you can still have this. Plus, you can have the other things that are also going to make you fulfilled, like a, a, a you know a good and loving and honorable husband that's going to love and cherish you. And and I f- I feel like kind of screaming at the top of my lungs sometime like you don't understand.
1: This you, is a trade-off. You're not getting the other one. You do a, this, yeah. you don't get that.
0: You are making a trade-off at up. 18, 19, and 20 that you yeah. don't understand is going to prevent you from having the things that you want. And anybody that is telling you different is lying to you. Yeah. And, and it's not even it's not even that you could potentially turn away from all of this and say that was horrible. I never should have done it. There's still going to be baggage that goes along with you. Again, it's this this whole idea that we're teaching people that no, 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 no you you can you can have anything, you can do anything you want, essentially without. Consequence and it shouldn't, and if it does anything to prevent future plans for you, that's because of these evil, wicked social constructs that we need to eradicate from society. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? It doesn't work
1: that way. No. Correct. No, and I think women have also been fed that that lie about sex that um this is you're empowered. You you have power because of your ability and you the effect that you can have on a man um, is powerful. And I feel like there are a lot of lecherous men that really wanted women to feel very powerful, uh, for their own sake. And in the end, she didn't have the power. Not at all. He could have gone somewhere else and gotten that. And so it is, it is very frustrating that, um, this, this thing that is meant to be beautiful is meant to be incredible and, and great, um, is, is now being used to separate the sexes again, separate the people again.
2: Yep. Yeah. I heard it said a long time ago. I have no idea who said it. So I hope hopefully no one yells at me for this. But somebody said the battle of the sexes was won when women decided to start pole dancing for fun. And I am inclined to agree because we turned all of this stuff into a competition in a way, you know, women now demand the right to run around topless. Who benefits from that? (laughs) men. Women don't
1: care about that stuff.
2: That's not about but it's, it's so interesting though, isn't it? Because it's like men are the well, ones benefiting. But,
1: but then they don't the, the actually.
0: The joke, the joke the is the is, patriarchy is, always wins.
1: Hold on. but yeah, that, it's true. In theory, they think they win, but yeah, they what does it right. do to your mental state? Yeah. The more access to pornography or to naked people or whatever, the more desensitized you are to those visuals. You know, true. it's it's like if, if you don't get to see v- breasts very often, you're going to be excited when you do get to see them. Okay. <laughs> right. And that's the thing is <laughs> if you thing, see yeah. them, if you see them walking down the road all the time, they just kind of become a thing like your hands it's or true. your feet or kneecaps, whatever it's right. It, they know they just become utilitarian. And um, it, it, it's so all of these kind of things is it, it, they think it's benefiting them. It's really not. It's, it's gratifying them, not benefiting them.
2: Right. Well, just because men wanted it doesn't mean it was what they needed or yeah. something that was good for them. That's
1: right. Just like sugary treats. It goes,
0: it, goes back, <laughs> exactly. it, well, it goes back to the reverse concept. Exactly. It goes back to trade-offs, right? It, it, it is easy. To, how do you get someone to accept a, a ridiculous trade-off? You give them immediate gratification based versus delayed gratification. Now, what right. we know in almost every sector, like in economics, they teach this repeatedly. Like how do you know if I go into a room full of five-year-olds and I put a marshmallow in front of them, and I say, you can eat this marshmallow now, but if you wait for five minutes, I'll come back and I'll give you a second marshmallow. Right. And they, they've done long-term studies on this now. The kids that will wait for the second marshmallow, right, that, that will accept that delayed gratification almost always do significantly better in life than the kids that just immediately took the marshmallow, right? Immediate gratification right. versus delayed. That that is what the trade-off here is. The trade-off is it is it is far more difficult to go out there and find a healthy meaningful relationship with someone that you love and the work that you got to put into it and everything else when you can just resort to porn or hookup culture. Exactly. Right? That's that's the immediate gratification. That gives you that little dopamine hit, right? But if you actually want everything that this was designed to be, you have to put in the work for it. And the crazy part is people have been fooled into believing, no, 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 I can get all the little dopamine hits I want right now, and then when I find the right person, then I can put in the work and have that too. No, you can't.
1: No, because— Because
0: you've either delayed ever meeting this person, or by the time you did, they don't want you because you you didn't consider that future relationship meaningful enough to do the important things to make it actually a reality— Right, And so now you're in a position where the person that was going to give you, the person that was going to form that relationship with you to make everything that you could possibly imagine so special with this, they no longer want you because you wanted to, detect, you wanted to accept immediate gratification. That's so,
1: not even the worst part.
0: And so it, 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 it's not, not delayed. Like- it's never. You traded it. You, you traded, traded it, it. But
1: I would go further. Right it's not about whether or not that person would want you or not. Because ultimately when you do get into a relationship with someone, you're willing to forgive a lot of stuff if you really love the person. So I'm not even gonna go, I'm not even gonna fully agree on that. What I do think is that all of your previous encounters inform the way you view sex and the way you respond to stimuli and they are degrading everything. You basically, you have fed yourself fast food and you've raised your child on fast food and now you expect them to appreciate a, a home cooked meal. Yeah. It's, 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 they're not even the same thing. And so now, um, you just want the fast food. Cause it's like, let's just make this quick. Let's just make this happen. And you don't realize, oh, I've got to actually put work into this. Oh, I've never thought about the fact that I got to figure out how to please this other person. I want, I want them to enjoy what they're, what we're doing. Well, if if that's never been, if if you've never stepped outside of yourself and scratching your own itch and, and, and had to think about how am I going to make this person feel fulfilled? Well, then you are very ill-equipped for the task in front of you. You're not going to know what to do. And so
3: I. Cloaking that with a lot of euphemisms there, <laughs> but I think I get what you mean. <laughs> I'm the trying. Question, the question that I've got is, is that like, I think we know what the problem is from, from this in the previous two videos. I, I think that we kind of know what the issue is in general and. Maybe in the future, we'll talk more about on the political side, some of this stuff, because I also think things like postmodernism has played into this and stuff like that. But I I definitely this is going to be like my third or fourth time being like, we need to do a (laughs) postmodernism episode. But um, (laughs) Lydia, the question that I've got for you, and I know that we're getting close to an hour here. I want to know, like, okay, so we know what the problem is, so how do we defeat the lies that have manipulated men and women into moving in this direction? And, and this episode was primarily on the woman side of things, so how do we push back? Because that's this is making the argument, right? Yeah. How do we make the argument to, to people in general to push back against the lies that have ultimately, I think, hurt both men and women and made us both miserable and lonely as sexes and separated yeah. from one another? How, how do we push back on that?
2: So... That is a great question, question Christian. I'm so glad you asked that because it's actually my final point is how to defeat these lies. So I really want to emphasize to other women that they have such a pivotal role to play here. I feel like one of the things feminism has done has made women feel like they don't actually have a significant impact on the world around them possibly just like a knock-on effect that they never really considered but one thing that women can do is push back on feminism and as we get more people more women who are in on that it's going to become more and more acceptable and it's going to become a cultural imperative to kind of question some of these ideas that we've just blindly gone along with for a while so what we need to do is teach the importance of family and model that importance to the people around us so that means like find good relationships, be working on ourselves in our own marriages, make sure that we're like being the strong partner that we're supposed to be. And then we really need to focus in on the importance of both genders in a relationship and really kind of appreciate the yin and yang aspect where where you are weak, your partner is strong. Where your partner is weak, you are strong. Because Tina was right. There is such actual empowerment in that there is such a sense of completion where you're like okay well i missed something i know i missed it but you know what i bet my husband won't miss it i bet getting this other perspective is going to be such an asset for this project or what have you, whatever you're working on. There's such a complementary nature to the genders that I think women really need to start communicating to other women. And finally, we got to emphasize how sexuality is different for men and women. Um, women view it much more seriously. Women care more about relationships and telling them that they should just act like men simply is not cutting it. It's making women very unhappy. It's ruining families um, and it's causing women to cheapen their own personal value by putting themselves on sites like, OnlyFans. Um, in conclusion, I think I would say that women are not second-rate men. They shouldn't try to be. Men and women do not need to compete. They are meant to complement. And women will always be better as first- straight versions of themselves that's such a powerful positive message that I think that women would be happy to share if we could communicate that in a way that women understand it takes a lot of empathy sympathy listening relationship oriented nonsense blah blah you know how it is but yeah that's just how I think we can defeat some of these lies
3: that was great yeah. I think that she's replaced you in terms of making the <laughs> argument.
2: <laughs> That's my argument. This is something I really care about, and I've really thought about this because I see this affecting women my age, and I see that they're sad. They're really sad. They're very politically active, but they are sad. And I, know, I, yeah, I wish that I, I, I agree. could tell them. I you
3: know, know a lot of women that are like and- – it's funny because, like, in our first episode, I'm like, I don't know any women. That's actually not true. I mean, I actually yeah. do know. <laughs> in my first episode, I'm like, I don't really have any women, uh, female friends. And then I pause and I'm like, or really any friends. <laughs> <But like, laughs>
2: you like, wait a second. <laughs> I, yeah. I,
3: I, I, but, like, when I go through, like, my Facebook feed and I look at, like, friends that I had in high school or friends that I ha- had in college um, that are women, but also men. But 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 that I especially ones that I, I know that are women. I you know, because now they're in their late twenties, right? Just like I am. And a lot of them are either already married and you know, they were married at twenty-one and they've got fan you know, they're they're on track, right? You know, they've got kids and stuff like that. They're doing great. But I also know a lot of women who are very politically active, sometimes even on the conservative side, and they're still single and I know that they don't want to be, but they're kind of struggling with the same stuff that we talked about for men in the previous episode with finding that right. Yeah. That right well, spouse. And,
0: and and on that point, last episode, Tina uh, told me at the end, she's like, all right, Nick, what do you say to young men? OK, Tina, oh. what do you say to young women?
1: Well, before <laughs> yeah, I say question. something to young women, I want to address women first who may or maybe are not young, who did maybe buy into some of this young, you know, and and they live their life accordingly. So there are a lot of lies that have been told to us. And I think it's just really important to recognize, you know, there's all this stuff on, on the internet and everywhere else. It's like, you're perfect just the way you are. The problem is none of us are perfect. Nobody is perfect. And if you're perfect, that means you don't need to adjust anything or fix anything about yourself. And that's not true. There's a reason why some women are so unhappy. There's something broken and it's not everybody else's fault. So, um, I mean, it doesn't mean it's just your fault, but you've got to, examine, do, do some introspection and, and try to go, okay, where have I maybe believed some of these lies? Where, where am I responsible to pick up the pieces, put it back together and start again? I don't think, I don't believe it's too late. Um, if, if you lived a different kind of life when you were younger, it is not too late to place, readjust your value and, and start taking ownership over who you are and what you are. And, Sort of nurturing those unique things that that only you can do and examine what is it I really want. And it's hard. I mean, I, as a woman, a lot of times I struggle to know what I really want because I'm so busy taking care of what my kids want or, or you know, what is required of me in other areas. But But you really do need to look at that and go, is this the result I want? In order to get this result, what do I need to do? And how, how do I need to make adjustments in order to obtain that? And so I, I just wanted to mention that real quick because some women might be watching this being like, well, you know, I really screwed up and, um, I, I did these things and now what, you know, and, and I don't want people to feel like, oh, it's too late. So I may as well keep going this route. No, it's, it's, it's unhealthy. It's hurting you. Go ahead. It's not too late. It's not too late to examine and make a change on that. To the young women, I'm going to say exactly what I say to my girls. Okay. Also older women, it's not too late to, uh, break the cycle with your girls and with your boys and start teaching them just because you may have made different choices. Doesn't mean you're a hypocrite if you're requiring more of your kids. And the reason why is because you love your kids. You want better for them than what you had or did, or every good parent wants better for their kids than what they had or did. And so it is not, it is not wrong for you to require better of your kids than, than what maybe you did or your parents required of you. So go ahead, break the cycle now. And I'm going to tell you what I tell my girls. Um, I'm not against, there's a little streak of feminism in me that says, (laughs) Don't go dating around everybody, honey. And my reason why I told my girls this is when you're like, oh, this is my boyfriend or my girlfriend. I'm his girlfriend. Don't give ownership of yourself to somebody who doesn't love you and who doesn't have a long term uh, goal in mind that includes you don't hurt yourself this way. And so I would I would say value what it is you want for your future and really examine what you want. And you need to do what it takes now to obtain that. I told my son one time, and I'm gonna tell you this, that, you know, do you wanna be an honorable man like daddy? You know, um, cause we had a situation where Luke lied one time and I was like, that's not an honorable thing to do. You can't, you can't, you have to tell the truth do you want to be honorable like daddy is? Cause I don't know anybody who I, I view with more honor than Nick because he does the right thing relentlessly and he tells the truth relentlessly. And so I told him, I said, if you want to be like daddy someday, that doesn't just suddenly happen. It's one little choice at a time. You need to choose at every little juncture that I want to be the honorable person. What do I do to do that? Here's the choice. And so you make these choices little at a time. You cannot obtain what you want on the other end of this if you have not built up to it and you don't suddenly become this person. You work yourself into being that person. So I would say, don't give ownership of yourself to to young men um, that that you don't have a future with. And um, make sure that you're making individual choices which will bring about the goal that you have in mind. So know what you want and go after it one choice at a time.
0: And with that, I think this is our last episode before Christmas. So we're wishing everybody a Merry Christmas and we look forward to seeing you next week. All right. Once again, thank you very much. See you next episode.